What's going on, everybody, and welcome back for episode 42 of Hit the Books. Lots of good news from all around the leagues this week. NHL free agency started this Wednesday, and we already have a boatload to uncover from there. MLB Home Run Derby All-Star Game coming up soon. More on that later this episode. Let's transition and introduce my co-hosts, Tyler Huff. Some good picks on the MLB card this week. What else you got for us? What's going on, everyone? Happy to be back. Episode 42, as Jesse said. A lot to get into. Uh, A lot of NBA shakeups going on. Some NFL news. A lot of NHL stuff coming out with the NHL free agency starting. And as you said, getting into the thick of the MLB season. Getting into that halfway point. The All-Star game coming up in L.A. A lot to get into this week. Can't wait to get into it. But let's hand things off to the co-host, Michael Mackey. What's going on with you, my friend? going on guys yeah we've been a little uh up and down in the card recently a little better than what we've been but uh we're on we're on track for a hot streak here so stick with us yeah there's a lot of uh nhl tr- trades and signings that have been going on so i'll dive into this week super duper excited to dive in this week so much especially out of the nhl like you guys said i think this week we're going to start off with the nfl the Pittsburgh Steelers announced on Monday morning that the naming rights to Heinz Field will be no more, and effective immediately, the Steelers' home will now be known as Akershire Stadium. Obviously, a big. Uh, it doesn't seem like a big news story coming out of the sports world. Obviously, this made the headline for uh, two of the people on the podcast being Pittsburgh natives, but this is huge news for the people of Pittsburgh. And I didn't think this was going to get kind of the national attention that it did, but there was, you know, media personalities, social media personalities on ESPN and Barstool people that were saying, it'll always be Heinz field to me. You know, and a lot of the ESPN people were saying, this is crazy. Like it's just insane to see like the people on ESPN kind of step out. They usually like to keep their mouth shut, but like you see guys like Ben, what Ben tweeted, it'll always be Heinz field for me. And, all the pictures of him and the legendary moments, the thank you, Ben, his last moment there. Uh, I was lucky enough to be there for that, not knowing it was going to be the last game of Heinz Field as well. But seeing the pictures of the stadium already without the the mock-ups, without the, the, the ketchup bottles in the end zone when they were in the red zone. and I don't know. Mackie, this, this hits home for me. But I know this isn't a big deal for you, but like you saw the Stu Finer video I put on my Instagram story, I believe. But... It got way more national attention than I thought it was going to get for just a Pittsburgh thing. Yeah, I mean, I I also feel like Heinz Field is such a it's such a part of the Steelers in general. Like when you think of the Steelers, you think of their stadium and like Heinz Field. You don't think when you think of like the South End Zone, the like, hard kicking and the one end zone, the wind coming off the river. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it'll always be Heinz Field. I don't really care to be honest. I'm. Not, I don't like Pittsburgh. I'm not from Pittsburgh. Yeah, so. I, yeah I, I was going to say, I don't expect you I to mean, have like too it, hard of a stance on this. It's like, but like you said, like kind of looking into what people were saying about this, like you you even said it, like I didn't even make this point, but people were like, you think of the NFL, you think of these like, you know, cornerstone franchises that have been around for since the beginning. They're like the Green Bay Packers, Lambeau Field. And then they're like, I forget what the second one, they, I, it was the Bears, Soldier Field. And then they're like, Soldier Field, yeah. And they're like the Steelers, Heinz Field. I'm like, they were, you know what I mean? We won four Super Bowls, Three River Stadium and Forbes Field. I forget, you know what I mean, the exact numbers, but it's just crazy. Obviously, this generation is going to remember Heinz Field, the, 
you know what I mean? All the iconic memories, the defenses that we've had in the past 20 years, the 20 years, I think it was exactly 20 years it was called Heinz Field, but kind of a crazy, like I said, it's a very overreacting thing coming out of Pittsburgh media and Pittsburgh uh, people in general, but like you said, I, I mean, it's going to be tough. I, Acrisure Stadium, like... It's just one of those stadiums that you would you think of when you think of the NFL. Yeah. And I, I guess I didn't realize it had that kind of recognition. Yeah, because you're from there, so obviously you guys all know about it, but... But I guess, like, I would think the same thing if, like, just for example, like, I know you're not a Giants fan, but, like, MetLife... I think of the, I think in New York I'm like MetLife. I know it's like, I know it's in New Jersey too. It's like MetLife. Yeah, yeah. East Rutherford, Meadowlands. Like, there's just certain stadiums that like, I'm trying to think of certain ones right now that you know you just think of like, for example, and like I guess yeah, but like Kansas City, Kansas City. You don't think of the what, what is it like James E. Raymond Stadium or something? Or no, that's no, uh, that's Tampa Bay. That's, that's uh, Tampa, Raymond. That's Tampa. Jesse, you were there. What's it called? Raymond James Stadium or something? Raymond James Stadium. Yeah, well, like, regardless, you don't think of that. Or what is uh, the Chiefs, Arrowhead? Yeah, Arrowhead. Arrowhead's kind of cool. I guess Arrowhead's kind of, kind of, like, not really. So, but it's so only, let me drop my two cents here real quick. It's only, Arrowhead's so, only because it's not a sponsor, it's Arrowhead. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah, think about that. Is it owned by the city? I don't yeah, know it's about gotta that. it's got to be. It's got to be. I was actually, I learned about this in class, that uh, there's not a lot of those left, but... They're, uh, they're like they're it's public ownership. Yeah, few and far between. Lambeau Field. There's no private ownership. Yep, it's all public. So it's like paid for. It's paid for by like taxpayers and stuff. Yep, that's exact. The Packers are owned by the city. It's crazy. <laughs> I wish I was a Packer fan. That's honestly so cool. The sorry, the stadium I guess is owned by the city. Yeah, I would like so honestly. My... I wish I was from that area. That is so sick to say like their team. What like, Green Bay, Wisconsin? But but you know you know what I mean. Like I wish the Steelers was owned by the city. Like I think that's a really cool yeah, thing to say. Yeah, is like because yeah. everyone's always like the fans have no say in shit. Like Packers fans are like, dude, we own the fucking team. Like you could literally we actually argue. do have say. <laughs> we might we might draft a we might draft a quarterback every other first round, even though we have Aaron Rodgers, but we have a say in things. <laughs> Maybe that's their problem is that they do have a say. <laughs> <laughs> True. Go ahead, Jess. What were you gonna say? I didn't mean to cut you off there. You're you're good. So here's my two cents on the whole Heinz Field thing, right? So you know, back in the day, we had three rivers. Currently, for the ballpark, we have PNC, the hockey arenas, PPG. You know, both Pittsburgh companies. Heinz, obviously, a Pittsburgh company, and then Acrisure coming in here and just taking the plate. So what kind is of interesting. Acrisure? It's uh, an insurance in, firm from Michigan that's coming this way. That's what I was told. Which there's oh, a lot so of up and coming in Pittsburgh, so they gotta get the name out there early. Yeah, I guess that's the first thing. And they're all they did was piss a lot of people off. Yeah, yeah, they're not starting well, man. Apparently, there's a big uh, relationship between the Roonies and the family that owns Acrisure. Oh yeah, it's a lot of. I heard they only paid ten million company. for it. Who knows? Because apparently Heinz said they offer or the Acrisure offered a sizable amount more. But what do you believe, a social yeah, media Rooney, poster? Rooney's, Rooney's not going to release that number. That's going straight to his wallet. Correct. I'm trying to Actually, think who gets that money? Him. He doesn't know Ninesfield. True. He paid for half of it, didn't he? Uh, well, he might own part of it, correct? Yeah, I think he but paid for half you, of it, you know and what half I mean? of it was taxes, yeah. 
Okay. Don't quote me That's on fair. that, but I think half and half. So he probably banked half. I, I would. I wouldn't doubt that once one bit. <laughs> he's the owner. He's getting some of it. Oh, the name's already changed on Wikipedia. Is it really? It's still Heinzfield.com. We're good. I woke up and I thought that was like a. I literally was like, "Is it April Fool's Day?" <laughs> was that like talked about at all, or just was it just thrown on you guys? It wasn't. No, that was total. Like, hey, I checked the Steelers Instagram. I saw it on. I heard it on the radio because I listen to like sports talk radio, but. They were like, yeah, Heinz Field will be renamed Akershore Stadium. I'm like, what? I check, I Google it, and I'm like, okay, it's on Google. I'm like, okay, in today's day and age, anything could be on Google. Don't want to believe that. Next thing I'm going to do is check social media. Not another great resource, but I go to Instagram. I see it on the Steelers' Instagram. I'm like, starting to believe it. That's a good source. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, okay, the Steelers are saying it's Akershore Stadium. I'm like, is Heinz going to say anything? Like, is Rooney going to say anything? And then the next day I see the tweet, like, things kind of like, obviously everyone was in there, you know what I mean, oorah about it, like, obviously how I'm acting about it, like, what the hell's going on? Like, why'd this happen? But I guess, like, then you see the Ben tweet, like, just kind of like the players reacting to it. And, like, then the Steelers are posting all this shit on their Instagram, like, the last touchdown at Heinz Field, and it's Najee running for like 75 yards in that last game against the Browns. Ben's last game, just it's like, damn, this is fucking real. And out of nowhere, like you said, like yeah, no, we knew nothing about this. It was totally out of left field. And I guess back to what Jesse was saying, kind of with the Penguins, it's PPG now. Jesse, when it was console, when it switched to PPG, I was like, what the fuck? Sorry, I like I like PPG. I meant to talk about Mellon Arena, so always called the Civic Arena back in years, years, but then became Mellon Arena, also a Pittsburgh company. But yes, it used oh to be Constant Energy we're Center. Gonna be, we're going to be our dads that we used to be like, it's Mellon Arena, and they'd be like, no, it's a Civic Arena. <laughs> it's Dude, they're, I think there's still one sign in Pittsburgh that says Civic Arena. That's kind of cool, though. Like a, like a road sign. I hope it never goes down. But just so you know, Huff, uh, it was paid all in tax dollars and is owned by... The this is Heinz Field is owned by the Sports and Exhibition Authority of Pittsburgh and Allegheny County, who also owns PPG Paints Arena, the Convention Center, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Interesting. So that's going to like a parking garage. Correct. Next, with the NFL allowing teams to have alternate helmets this upcoming season, the Cincinnati Bengals announced that they'll be bringing out a white tiger helmet to go along with their whiteout jerseys. I think that could be pretty pretty sweet. I really wanted to put the image in here, and I'm going to send it to you guys while I talk about it. But, um, Mackie, I don't know if you've seen the mock-up of this, but they've been kind of talking about this for the past couple of years, at least with the NFL, with the um, the kind of – they've been talking about this helmet rule possibly coming in the near future for the past couple of years. And obviously with it landing coming this NFL season, you're going to see a lot of the teams. Like I know the Eagles are doing a, the Kelly Green – and um, the Bengals obviously doing the White Tiger. The Steelers haven't announced if they're doing anything yet. At least if they do, I haven't uh, remembered it. But obviously the Steelers, like the Cowboys, teams like that, but they're like, we're more of a classic team. We like to stick to the, the basics. Like the Steelers helmet has been the ch- the same for the past, for the entire you know duration of the, the franchise. It obviously gets its little tweaks and stuff. Uh, but, you know, teams like the Bengals, they like to switch things up. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, like, obviously guys like the or the teams like the Eagles to bring back the Kelly Green. But I think this, 
this white outlook is going to look pretty sick on the top or on the Bengals this year. I don't know if you guys just got that image, but um, I really yeah, def- that definitely looks ridiculous. It's going to look sick. Joey B is going to swag that. Yeah, that's kind of, that gives him that that gives in that image just kind of like you take the orange out of it if it because I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago when they did the the white out or like the, the their color rush was the white out but they had to wear their normal helmets. Do you remember that? Mm, no, I don't think so. So they did the you know when the NFL did the color rush uniforms, but it looks like it looks like this with the orange helmets. Exactly, it's that uniform with the orange helmet, and they said we're just bringing that jersey back, but we're going to rock the white helmets with it, and it's going to be the white tiger, whatever you want to call it, white bangle or whatever. But yeah, they were talking about this, and they even said like there were so many mock-ups back then of that uniform with the white helmet, and they were like, dude, they have to do this, and there was always that rule: you can't have more than one helmet, can't have more than one helmet. But I'm interested to see what other teams. Like the Broncos, I think they're doing the creamsicle with the baby blue. You know what I mean? The Shannon Sharp, John Elway uniforms. I'm trying to think of a couple other teams that are going to be bringing out some classic uniforms that are pretty sick. But, oh, the Patriots are doing Pat the Patriot, the red uniform. Um, those are cool. Yeah, those are sick. But a couple other ones. But other than that, none that are, you know, jumping off the page at me. I knew that the Eagles was the big one that a lot of people were hyped up about. The Kelly Green picking up Beal. Yeah, it's, those those are cool too. But uh, yeah, these jerseys are gonna look sick, definitely. I think we're gonna see some sweet setups going on this next season. It's gonna be good. Next, Tom Brady said on Thursday, "I've realized that I don't have five years left when talking about eventual retirement from the NFL." I hope he realizes Whoa. this sooner or later because uh, the clock – I hate to be Max Kellerman on this, but it's safe to say now the clock is ticking on my friend Tom. Uh, despite seven Super Bowls, I don't need to say all the accolades everyone knows, but um, I'm, this is no discount to him. But, like, yeah, you don't have five years left. You have two that you're going to be – I mean, this year he's going to be Tom Brady. It'll be interesting. Obviously, injuries aside, I think he has – Mackie, what do you think? Two, maybe three if he wants to force three? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he could also do this and be done. Like, I don't – That's the thing. He I literally hate, already retired. I so hate to be I hate to safe. be the Max Kellerman and say the cliff, the cliff, the cliff. But he was saying that seven, eight years ago before two two more Super Bowls. If he wins this year, he'll, he'll retire on spot, I think. I think he'll retire like, on field. I think. I don't know if he's a retire on top guy. Fuck you, I'm out. I th- Eight Super Bowls, drop your cock. I know what you mean, but like, run it back for nine. Like, yeah, he's too he's too competitive. That's the only thing. He always has the mindset like I can repeat. Yeah, I mean, as long as he's competing, might as well, right? They're gonna have to. It's gonna be, like, I don't think it will be, but like, a team you'd have to force that guy out. <laughs> He just retired and said, fuck it, I'm coming back. And they're like, yeah, please, thanks. We just won the division again because you came back. Cool. Obviously, with my boy Baker down in Carolina, I could shake things up. Yeah. If Christian McCaffrey can stay on the fucking field, honestly, like, who knows? I'm really excited to see that Panthers team. Side, I don't think they're yes. going to win the division, but I'm really excited to see that Panthers team. Baker... If I assume he's gonna be the starter, Baker, DJ Moore, 
McCaff- a healthy McCaffrey. That's a very big asterisk next to me saying a healthy McCaffrey, but yeah, definitely a big asterisk next to it. But I have uh, I found it's, it's gonna be a fun team to watch. Yeah, so another team in the in the NFC that's gonna be interesting to watch this year. Upcoming star, already a star, is Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson. Having a little quote that I found today uh, while scrolling Twitter, a uh, little article from. Um, Bleacher Report, uh, Minnesota Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson believes he will be the NFL's best wide receiver after this season. Uh, Jefferson, who made the remarks during an interview with Cameron Hay of Complex, ranked Las Vegas wide receiver wideout Devontae Adams as the number one at the moment. Quote, I'll say after this year, I'll be the best wide receiver in the NFL, Jefferson said when asked if he believes he's the best at his position today. I definitely have to give it to Devontae Adams as of now, him being so crazy and dynamic on the field. His route running is crazy, so I definitely have to give it to him right now, but I'm pretty sure after this year, it's going to be me, end quote. Mackie? Any, any? Um, I, I don't know. No. No, sorry. Justin Jefferson is very good, don't get me wrong. He's definitely in the conversation for a top five wide receiver. But I I don't think you can give someone like him that that label this early in his career, and I don't think he's proved enough either. I mean, he also was saying after this year. So granted, that he's could saying, change. Watch but me this I, year. I would, yeah, I I don't know. Not not in the position that he's in. Not with that team. Not with that quarterback. That's where I was getting. Not with that team. Not with that quarterback. You're not going to be the best receiver with the Vikings with Kirk Cousins throwing you the ball. Maybe at one point in his career, but I just don't see it right now. He could get to a point where it was like, remember, kind of like a bad example, I guess, would be like, I guess you could say Hopkins before Watson got there, or like, but like Hopkins was never the best before Watson got there. Like the quarterback usually has, and exactly, he had Matt Ryan, and like, say what you want about Matt Ryan, he was elite in Atlanta, MVP, Super Bowl, like. He was elite lost, until that until that uh until the Super Bowl. Until the Super Bowl. I don't know, but yeah, I was kind of I was getting ready to agree with you. I, I I was I was agreeing with you, but I wanted you to say the thing about the quarterback. Obviously, I know your opinion on Kirk Cousins and a lot of people's opinion on Kirk Cousins, but um, yeah, I don't think he can be like you said. He's saying after the end of this NFL season, so obviously he could put up fifteen hundred yards. I think even if he puts up. Even if he puts up the most receiving yards, I he I don't even think he will. If be he good. wins, I, I mean, if unless win, you unless you win the triple crown, but I was gonna say if he wins the triple crown, like Coop or Cooper Cup did, does he get it? <laughs> yeah, but I don't think Cooper Cup's the best receiver in the league right now. I don't now, think he so. is either. I, I agree with him. I think it's Devontae Adams. <laughs> yeah, definitely, hundred percent. Yeah, that's the only correct answer. Yeah, I agree. So I give but, it, that's what that's where I give him his props. He's not being too cocky. He's like, no, I know Devontae Adams is the best, but he's like, you got to give these guys the respect. They're going to be, you know, hey, watch me, watch me, watch me. Astros up 3-2. Little side note, uh, live bet on the Astros up 3-2, bottom of the 10th. Got the fucking extra, whatever you call it, base runner on second still. One out. Mackie, what do you got? Brewer, just Brewers money line plus what? Yeah, I got Brewers. No, I got them at well, I got them at plus one hundred. That's nice. I love a plus one hundred. Yeah, it's a nice play. 
Giants been real shaky. I had Mets earlier that that hit, and then I had Red Sox earlier, and they just got swept by Tampa Bay. So didn't think they were gonna get swept, but uh, yeah, there was a lot of I saw a lot of people that were all over the Rays, and I was like, There's, I don't think they get swept, and they did. Yes, boys, lots of good stuff out of the NFL. I think we're gonna hear a lot more. I'm especially excited to hear about the jerseys, like I said. But without further ado, let's move into the NBA. First up, we got guard Damian Lillard has agreed to a two-year, $122 million extension with the Portland Trailblazers. Mackie, this is what we said. Yeah. Um, I texted you I texted you, you guys as soon as this happened. And that was your exact reaction. You go, what, what was it going to take for him to stay there after them signing all these bum-ass players, the huge contracts, $122 million over 61, two years? $61 million a year. Ridiculous. Uh, what are you? Uh, I, you can't ex- hate a man for getting a bag. Exactly. Yeah. Like you can't hate him for signing that. He's accepting he's never going to win a ring, though. Exactly. He literally. You, you know what I realized? It's a two year extension. He's there for the next seven years. Yeah. It's not just a two year deal. Astros win. Bang. But yeah. I realized that too after I saw the number. I was like, okay, he's going to make $161 million, whatever, over the next two years, and then he's a free agent. And I looked up the deal. I was and like, then he's going to go. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, I was like wait a second. He signed somewhere. this huge deal a couple years back with the Blazers when they actually still had a chance at contending. And now, obviously, signing a two year extension at the age that he's at, not saying he's the oldest guy in the NBA, but he's also not the youngest cat. He, like you said, he's a Blazer for the next seven years. Is it seven or five? I literally think it's funny because it happened with all like this this going on with like is Dame leaving and everything. I literally think he walked in there and said, "Give me seventy million dollars or I'm leaving." And they were like, "Done. I'll give it to you right now." Uh, he was probably like, "Give me seventy. They were like, "Can we do sixty one, sixty two? He was like, "Just fucking give me a check. I'll I'll sign it. As long as it's more than sixty, yeah, as long as it's more than sixty, I'll sign it." Yeah, it needs to be record breaking. Yeah, I need headlines to stay here. Like Portland, I've never been to Portland. Jesse, I don't know if you have. You've fucking been all over the country 16,000 times, have you? Uh, no. You've never been to Portland, Oregon? I haven't either, but okay, I just I kind of expected no. that. I it, Like everyone kind of hypes it up as like a cool place to live. Obviously not a major city, but like Oregon, you know what I mean? Like the Pacific Northwest, kind of a cool place. But like in the NBA, when you think of like big name – free agent destination markets, you think of the Knicks, the Heat, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Bulls, you know what I mean, the big-name cities. No one ever thinks of the Trailblazers. So it's like... And nobody ever wants to go there. Yeah. Right. So I've heard like, good things about the city of Portland, like you said, Huff, but it's, I don't it's just think not people a, want to play there. <laughs> it's not a destination. It's not an appealing trade destination. It's kind of like, I hate to use them for an example, but like, I guess like things kind of work out like, you look at the teams that win NBA championships or I guess championships in general. And I feel like it usually works out that it's rare that the team that wins, I guess it's also rare. There's usually a market that only has one team, but I guess you look at like a team like Portland or a Utah jazz, like they're teams that haven't won in how long, you know what I mean? Ever. Yeah. It's like trailblazers place. It's just like, it seems like bigger cities, like, just use my you're you live in New York City you have fucking two of each team so like you're a bad example but like Pittsburgh three of the major four we don't have an NBA but we have the other three like Cleveland has 
you know what I mean? Baseball and football. Football sucks, but like, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like the markets where like the teams succeed, it usually, not saying it has any correlation, but I feel like they usually have another professional sports franchise. But yeah, just like these destinations like Portland and Utah, and like I'm draw I'm drawing a blank on a couple other NBA franchises that have like they're the only Memphis. Um, there I know there's a couple more that they're the only team in the city. I'm trying to think, and I can't I can't think of any right now. I mean, yeah. like Sacramento. Sacramento. Um, yeah, and you, I know there's a couple, like not the Charlotte Hornets because like you think of like the Panthers or in Raleigh, like Carolina is one of those states where it's like all the cities are so close. But yeah, I mean, I guess you can consider that for like Sacramento and California, some of those teams. Then yeah, but, I get, all the LA teams, they're like yeah, we have the Kings and we have yeah. the fucking Dodgers, and you know what I mean. There's two baseball teams in LA, so they're like they just claim one of them. I don't really know how I led us onto this off of Damian Lillard in Portland. I I know how I got I know how I got to it, but off a of free agent destination. But yeah, can't like you said, Mac. You can't blame Lillard for getting a bag. Like we said, it was going to take a lot for him to stay there. Anthony Simons, a hundred million dollars, four years. I just that in contract is green. That contract is green ingrained in my head. <laughs> four just, years, hundred four million. It's easy to remember, so it's also not you know what I mean. Like the hardest contract to remember, but. I, he, I I better see him on the top ten of ESPN or, like, he you better earn that. Yeah. And like again, go get your money. But just like what Portland is doing right now, from a front office standpoint, and you know, then you go obviously that to them it's a no brainer to extend Dame. Kind of gives you some sort of relevancy, and you know your season ticket holders are happy for that many more years. You know you have a franchise player. The only problem is you're stuck in the middle. You're not going to make the playoffs, and you're not going to be a, one of the worst teams in the league. Best case, so you're scenario. sitting there with, the, with you're sitting there with the 12th draft pick every year, and you're not getting better. Exactly. Best case scenario, you make the playoffs, seven, eight seed, you get swept. Yeah, and yeah, and then you just get beat up in the first round. Like it's it's stupid. Just rebuild or get rid of Dame. Like you shouldn't even be keeping him there. Yeah, and actually, uh, off the outline, one thing I want to get into a different little. Side note that I forgot to add is the DeAndre Ayton news. Uh, today I was leaving work and I got a headline that DeAndre Ayton had uh, got an offer from the Indiana Pacers, a four-year, $133 million offer from the Indiana Pacers. And um, a couple minutes later, maybe it was an hour or two later, Mackie, you texted me. I didn't get the headline initially. Um, I saw from your text, though, the Suns end up matching and Ayton is going to return to Phoenix. Do you have any opinion on that? I think... That money, I guess I'll get into my opinion first and then I'll kind of lead into yours, but that money for Aiton, I'm high on him and I really like him for Phoenix. I think he fits that, you know what I mean, that system down there and what they've been running with Booker, kind of the addition of Chris Paul and the the 3 and D players like Mikael Bridges and Jay Crowder on the, on the wings in, in Phoenix. But he goes to a team like the Pacers. He's the franchise player. Bro, he... he... Once he signs a big contract, he's going to fall off because he's not going to have Chris Paul to throw him up. Oh, my God, he's out. Oh, no, he's not. Never mind. Um, I think Chris Paul makes him makes him the player he is. I don't think DeAndre Ayton is as elite as everyone thinks he is, to be honest. But I, I also don't think he plays he plays a game with the Suns this year. I think they they take him. I, I don't You think they trade him? I, they – I, that's what I'm thinking. Like you, you're trying to get Kevin Durant in this situation. You need DeAndre Ayton to get Kevin Durant. But why would you sign him that much money? I see money? what you're saying. 
You think he goes to Brooklyn? Not, yeah, I think it could be a three-way trade or something, but DeAndre Ayton is, is the key to getting Kevin Durant. So you need to have him on your roster as equity. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And obviously that's off the I didn't I wasn't too prepared to get into this, but yeah, like I just remember bringing that up, kind of seeing the big money with Lillard, remembering the deal from Eaton today, forgetting to add that, but like I said, back to him going to the Pacers, if he would have went to the Pacers and talking a lot of hypotheticals here, obviously, like I said, the Suns matching the offer. I don't do, hypothetical. Does that team make the playoffs? No. I I think the, I think the NBA is so competitive like in the past like two years and and for the next probably like five, ever since Golden State formed that super team and smoked the entire league for two years, the, everybody just rebuilt and they figured out how to play with more than two players and it became it became more of five players on the court and not just two and we saw it perfectly in the Brooklyn Boston series. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are two probably top five players in the, in the NBA, and they get swept first round to, to Boston. That that wouldn't have happened in 2017. That wouldn't have happened in 2016. It just the game has changed, and I think that one player isn't isn't enough to, to carry a team in, in in this NBA. Yeah, I I agree with a lot of what you were saying there, especially a lot about how the NBA. Uh, it's kind of evolved from you look at the the years past when Golden State built. I mean, you look at the team before what started the super team, LeBron going to Miami, um, taking my talents to South Beach. But just to get into a little bit of that, anytime I talk about a super team, I feel like I have to say that quote. But and you, you know what I mean? When you think of that, you can't forget the not one, not two, not three, not four. What do you say? What do you five, say? Seven, not six. Not seven. And then he just stopped at seven. Everyone was like, okay, dude, you're not getting a seven championships. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, then, but do you think that LeBron and that Cavs team, you know how that, that final was run in 2018? Yeah. Do you think he could do that in today's age? In his current age? No. That team, him, his ability right there, I don't think he could do that in in this year's playoffs. Like, when he lost in 2018, when he literally single handedly got them, got them to yeah, the final. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I I agree. He would need Kevin Love or Kyrie not to have gotten injured. He would have need someone. You you alone. I don't care. I understand Le- LeBron is also a LeBron, huge part. But... Also a huge part of that series that I'm not going to say a lot of people forget, but is fucking J.R. Smith forgetting it's game running one. away, running away with the ball. <laughs> like they were winning. They should have won that game. No, it was tied. It was but tied. He thought they were winning. They could have won. And it, it, but he literally could have could have taken the rebound and just put it right back up, and they yeah. would have won that game. Yeah. But they got swept. <laughs> so like, yeah, you could argue, oh, it could have been five games, but like, you take a, you take game one in Golden State. It's a different series. Yeah, they start. They might start panicking. See a different series. But I I, I think there's no situation that yeah, Cleveland wins that I series, agree. but it could have won six. Yeah. They could have won. They could easily have the momentum to go back and win Game Three, take a lead, and then Golden State wins four, five, six. Yeah. Good stuff, and possibly some more big money for another guard. 
after previously shutting down inquiries on moving all-star Donovan Mitchell. Rival teams say that the Utah Jazz are showing a willingness to listen on possible trade scenarios. Sources tell ESPN. What do you guys think? Mackie, is there is there a lot of talks that the Knicks are still potential landing spot for him? No, yeah, it's actually greatly increased in the past like day or two. He's he's going to come to New York. It matters what they what the deal comes down to, but they're going to get it done. Utah is rebuilding anyway. They're not even worried about him keeping him or anything. They just want draft picks, and we have eight first round draft picks to get rid of that we can get rid of. Did you see the one dude took an Instagram like took a Snapchat video? He saw D Wade somewhere, and he goes. Hey, hey, D Wade, are you gonna send Donovan Mitchell to Miami? And D Wade like gives him this little smile, because you know how D Wade's a part of the ownership group of Utah. Yeah, they were like obviously asking him that because of that reason, and D Wade gives him like a little smile with a wink. Like I don't know if he has any say in that, but like it was just. I don't. Obviously. I don't. I wouldn't like. I wouldn't like to see him in Miami. I don't. I don't think. I don't think that would fit at all. I want to see KD in Miami. I don't want. I want to see KD in Phoenix. To be honest, I want to yeah, see. You that. Want I think that West. team. I don't. I don't even think that they would win it. You want them in the West, so you don't have to worry about them. I think Chris Paul is in that front office every day, telling him to get me Kevin Durant. Yeah, CP3. Chris Paul wants that ring, dude. He's he wants so that ring bad. Thirsty for the ring, dude. He'd be. He would be retired right now. Yeah, but that team ago. that he's on it has so much promise. He would have retired after he left Houston. After, if they won, if they beat the Bucks in that finals, he would have retired right there. Yeah. That was his first finals appearance, correct? I don't know if it was his first. That was his first time out of the second round. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> He's Mr. Yeah, second. I don't know. I Mr. couldn't second tell you from the 2000s. Jesse, when you get this last little bit of NBA news, we'll shift over some uh, MLB. Speaking of the MLB. Yes, sir. Yeah, very interesting point point out of the the NBA. The NBA has proposed a 78-game regular season, including an in-season tournament. All 30 teams would compete, with eight teams entering a single elimination round to determine the winner and a $1 million per player prize for the winning team. The 2023-2024 season will be the earliest date for this plan to commence. Very interesting. Yeah, um, I got this headline. I didn't really look into it too much or is it kind of what this means but no one's asking for an in-season tournament so i don't know where this is coming from if they're just looking to get uh kind of extra tv money or something from the uh you know what i mean the tv deals are out of the players obviously offering them a million dollar player prize for the winning team but there's going to be 29 teams that lose this in-season tournament guys are going to get injured guys are you know what i mean obviously like load management you know how we keep talking about that with uh, different star players. You're telling me Kawhi Leonard's going to play in the in-season tournament that has nothing yeah, to do with yeah, the standings? The NBA is so load management that nobody would even play in this. Is, is Giannis risking... It would, be a, it would be bench players the entire time. I was going to say, is Giannis risking an in-season injury, a uh, ACL tear for a million dollars? <laughs> for a million dollars. So it would be like a little four-game tournament. No one's asking for that. That's really stupid. They're, what they're trying to do is make four games out of the 82 kind of seem like they're worth more, but they're really worth nothing. That's very stupid. All they're yeah, worth more for is for the players who are going to get a million dollars. 
Yeah, it's pretty stupid to be honest. They're, they're just trying to switch something up here. Yeah, it's just not a good idea. The only league that needs to change how many games they play is the MLB. Facts. <laughs> and it, like, I like the 162, but like the COVID year that was kind of cool, but it was too short, obviously. But like, I'd like like 148, 142. You know what I mean? But was yeah, the COVID year was real short though. It was like it, it was half, wasn't it? it was Sixty. It was a third. Yeah, no, it's fucking. I don't like that. It was crazy. I'd dude. say like, like one, like one, like one thirty. I was thinking one twenty. Yeah, like one twenty even. One twenty eight has been proposed before. That'd be perfect. Because you don't realize like. It's baseball. They're not hitting each other. They're fucking swinging a bat. Yeah, the pitchers, they're throwing. They can throw their arm out. but That's throwing. why they play every five days. I was going to say, that's why they throw every five days. Like, They could play every day. There's a reason they played two games in one day sometimes. Obviously, doubleheaders. And there's a reason they went back to nine-inning doubleheaders. But, yeah, that's my thing. NBA doesn't need to touch a regular season. No one's asking for this. Keep it the way it is. 82 games. If anything, yeah, worry about the worry about the playing tournament. You guys were doing good with the playing tournament. No one really they're asked, keeping it. No one really asked for that, but they kind of did good with that. And I feel like they're just trying to find. Like, here's what I think: they're kind of hoping that, yeah, like, kind of like we we said, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis, they're not going to play in this, but can the Sacramento Kings win this in season tournament? You know what I mean? Like, is the yeah, is the is De'Aaron Fox going to play in this in-season tournament to win a million dollars because he knows he's not going to win an NBA Finals this year? Yeah, probably. That's what I mean. So I think that's kind of like what the NBA is kind of going for. They're kind of rooting for these small market teams. They're like, we'll put a little in-season tournament in that means nothing, and Golden State's going to still win the Finals in June. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Obviously, I don't, yeah, I, I don't necessarily I still think, think it's they're going to win. Yeah, I think it's terrible. But that's kind of, I guess, their logic on it. Still not good. I, I I don't think it's like I said. Eighty two games. Don't touch it. I agree. Shift into some MLB. Speaking of the MLB, yes, love the MLB. It's time. We got some picks coming out daily, so keep an eye out on those. We're doing all right most days. Not so great some other days, but. Keep an eye on us. We're doing all right. We've been fluctuating. Very back and forth. We've been fluctuating with the MLB. I'm not going to lie. We're not the most, I hate to say experienced MLB betters. But it's just inconsistency is what it is. It's inconsistency. And and like, it's and it's kind of like, I feel like, well, we like, got terrible beat, by the way, on the parlay with the Yankees. Yeah, that was brutal. Giants, Giants went 13-0. No sweat. You get the... Yankees blowing a three nothing lead. It should have been a no sweat parlay, and we ended up losing it. Yeah. The Michael Mackey no sweat parlay. Mackey, TM. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I wanted to give another two teamer tonight, and it was gonna be the same, not the same thing, but it was gonna be the Yankees. I'm glad we didn't do it. Yeah. See, you, they're not even worth it at the odds that you get them at. Some nights they are. Some nights you can catch them at like. You can catch them at like 200, and if you put them with like a team that you fucking love, minus 140, you get plus 180, plus 190. You're like, this is free money. It's what you just said, a no-sweat parlay. You'll win fucking – the Yankees will win 16 nothing against the Pirates, and then you'll get the Brewers to win, you know what I mean, 4-1 in Kansas City. 
there's some like yeah obviously the first time fucking of course the first time you see like it's a that was a bad beat we always talk about we want to keep getting into this segment bad beats there's a there it fucking is it just happened to us last bad, night bad bad beat yeah like that's brutal ninth inning i sent you guys the meme that br betting put on their instagram like that was literally me laying in my bed after I saw the fucking notification <laughs> for the base hit. I was like, yep, that's it. Night. Lock the phone. Set the alarm. See you in the morning. Yeah, that's, that's when you that's when you call it quits for the night. You're like, all right. Tomorrow's a new day. Yeah, we'll have picks coming out a little, yeah. a little more often. we got to get back on top of that. Yeah, we definitely want to stay consistent with the MLB. I think the biggest thing is the consistency and kind of get the back end of what we were saying is there's some nights – Mackie, you'll send the plays and you'll go three and zero. And there's some nights I'll send plays and on the same night and go zero and three, and we'll take a mix and we'll end up one and one. Exactly. Then, yeah. And then there's nights you send me, I'll send you a card. It goes three and zero. You send me one, it goes zero and three. We end up taking nothing. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, probably would have split it anyway. We would have split we just it got anyway. A prop, we go. We say we get two picks a night. We 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 usually go one and one, and you're at the end of the day, you're usually. Losing some profit, going one on one. Yeah, you we're we're at that it, going one on one. We either got to give one play and win it, or three plays and win at least two. Yeah, you want to win three out of five. Consistently. Yes, that's obviously not including plus money bets. Obviously, last night releasing two plus money plays, going one and one, making Astro sold, making a point three unit, but. Obviously, like I said, kind of getting into my point, you can lose one and you st- we still made some money on that. Whereas if the yeah. Astros would have won and the Orioles would have lost, we would have had no unit movement one-on-one. Sometimes in the MLB, it's like, obviously there's teams that are, you're like, okay, they're plus 180, they're not going to win. But like, I know people that just take dogs in the MLB and they make good money. It's so smart, but I can't get myself to do it. I can't do it. I can't do it, dude. Because like I, I like so many I like so many favorites. You're betting on teams like the Tigers and the fucking Diamondbacks. I, I actually I like betting on the Tigers because they're not really that bad of a team. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're bad. Their pitching's bad. They, yeah, but they they can surprise they can surprise you and win some games. They, dude, the Royals today were like plus three fifty. But that's what I mean. That's won. the Pirates. The Pirates beat the Yankees and they won. Like the Pirates, I had the Pirates, the fucking, like you look at teams like that, that's the MLB, they play 162 games. Like you can catch any Dude, that's, that's the thing, that's the thing about the MLB is that betting underdogs is so profitable because there's 162 games, every team loses games. You're like not going to be. You would, you would know for how bad the Pirates are, I see a stat every year at the end of the year, if you bet Pirates money line every year, there's some years you're literally profitable. Yeah, well, this is definitely one of the years because they're really not having that bad of a year right now. No, and but the thing is, is when they're not having that bad of a year, when you're an underdog, you're plus one thirty, whereas other years you're plus two twenty. And when you win, obviously you know how that unit movement works. It's too, worth two yeah. wins this year. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, like we said, stay tuned to the MLB card. We're definitely looking to sharpen that thing up and uh, get the units back up towards. Uh, as we said, we're definitely going to count. I don't know if we have any. Obviously, if things work out for the All-Star Game and the Home Run Derby, we're definitely going to put something on the, the team MLB card, but definitely going to be releasing an individual card as things go for the uh, the Home Run Derby, I believe. I love betting on the Home Run Derby uh, since I started my sports gambling career. I've found that is honestly one of my favorite events to gamble on. 
Mackie, you have any opinion on that? The homer and derby? Yeah. You do pretty well on it, Huff, don't you? I had Alonzo last year. Um, the year before, I wasn't betting on it, but I've only done it one year. But obviously winning, I think I'm on a little bit of a high. Um, this year, I have a guy that I'm riding high on. I haven't seen any of the odds, so it'll be interesting to see the guy that I like just looking at the bracket and then seeing the odds and kind of seeing, oh, shit, I'm riding with the underdog or I'm riding with the betting favorite or someone that's in the middle. You know what I mean? Who are you, uh, who are you riding with? We'll get into that when we read the bracket up. <laughs> I want to get, I wanna get I, into the, So, obviously, like I said. Can I uh, give a Can I give a um, guess? Yeah, whenever I get to that, I'm gonna read the line. I'm gonna read the. I'm gonna announce the American League starters and the National League starters for the All Star Game. Uh, after that, we're gonna get. In, I'm gonna announce the bracket, and then after I announce the bracket, where you can make your pick for yourself or who you think I'm gonna pick, and then I'll confirm or deny, and then you can make yours. All right, sounds good. Okay, gotcha. And then Jesse, you're gonna make a pick too. Here we go. The 2022 MLB All Star Game rosters and starting lineups have been announced. I'll be naming the starters in each uh, league, I guess you would say, in the MLB. I hate saying that. I always want to say conference, but uh, the American League starters will go as is. Uh, Catcher, Alejandro Kirk from the Toronto Blue Jays, having a pretty nice year. I've picked him up on my fantasy teams, uh, my fantasy team a couple couple times throughout the beginning half of the year. Had some good plays for me. He's definitely had a a very consistent year i don't is he was he a big name last year i don't remember seeing him too much last year mackie he's always been he's always been like somebody but i don't know he's having a really good year this year he's killing it he's a funny looking dude too he's a little like pudgy looking dude yeah he's a little pudgy motherfucker right yeah i like watching this dude play so i'm not going to get into obviously a lot of the other guys are big names but i did want to ask you that i didn't know uh if this was his first year with the blue jays kind of unfamiliar on him but uh, I did have him on my fantasy team a couple of times, dropping and picking him up, but obviously having a pretty consistent part of the year. Uh, hasn't been on the free agent market for me, but get into some of these other positions in the American League. We have at the first position, uh, Kirk's teammate, Vlad Guerrero Jr., second base, Jose Altuve, third baseman, Rafael Devers from the Boston Red Sox, shortstop, Tim Anderson, White Sox, outfield, we have Aaron Judge, Obviously, uh, well-deserved. Mike Trout, not far behind him in the home run race. Uh, obviously a stud, but then uh, Judge's teammate out there in New York, uh, John Carlos Stanton, is going to finish up the outfield. And then the DH being Shohei Otani to wrap up the lineup for the American League. Uh, we'll get into the National League starters. We have the catcher from the Chicago Cubs, Wilson Contreras. First baseman, St. Louis Cardinals, Paul Goldschmidt. Second baseman, one of my... Uh, Kind of one of the players I like to root for in the MLB is uh, Miami Marlins second baseman Jazz Chisholm. I just kind of like his hair and his name. But Everyone fun. likes him. Yeah, definitely a fun player to watch. But third baseman Manny Machado, San Diego Padres. Everyone knows how Manny. Trey Turner, Dodgers. And then the outfield for the NL is going to make up of uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., I'm happy to see him back. He's definitely I'd, – I'd definitely – I'd argue he's one of my favorite players in the MLB. Uh, definitely love uh, kind of sucked to see the Braves win a World Series without him but that's just me coming from uh, being one of his fans but the other outfielders for the NL are going to be Mookie Betts and Jock Peterson having a nice year for the San Francisco Giants the DH Bryce Harper so um, obviously not naming any of the pitchers I didn't get the pitcher uh, lineups I guess you'd say but um, those are going to be the starting lineups for the 
defensive positions, I guess you would say everything other than pitcher, but or batting lineups, I guess you'd yeah, say I mean, the DH, but there's some uh, good lineups. I mean, I I don't really know any, any snubs, so yeah, and I'm surprised the Mets don't have any starters. I was just going to say, there's a, there's a couple teams that have obviously duplicate starters. Uh, guys like, I think the Yankees are the only one, actually. Oh, Dodgers, the, the Dodgers Trey Turner, Trey Turner Mookie. I knew there was one more. Obviously, Yankees and Dodgers are going to have duplicates of the two. You of know. course. And uh, I'm not getting into the reserves, but there's definitely a lot more duplicates. Yeah, well, there's definitely a bunch of those. Yeah, but, I mean, each team has to send one guy, but... Fuck me, dude. Little, you can leave this in there, but I wanted to live bet the fucking Mariners because I was pissed about us not getting that bet in on them and that getting postponed. I was going to bet them tonight. They were down to fucking like three or four nothing. It was like 4-10. I was like, damn, that wouldn't be that bad. It was only the third inning. They just fucking won. Yeah, 6-5. I saw yeah. that. Damn it. They've been damn. so profitable this year. What, Mariners? Yeah. They're on like a, they're on like a nine-game win streak right now. Them and the Orioles. Just ride them. Yeah, I'm taking the Orioles again tomorrow. Yeah, me too. I'll do it with you. It's on the card. Perfect. But, yeah, all-star lineups being announced. Uh, all-star game, I think it's July 21st. Jesse, if you could fact-check me on that while I get into some of these, or while I get into the 2022 T-Mobile Home Run Derby bracket. Uh, the all-star game is on Tuesday, July 19th. The Home Run Derby is Monday. July 18th, then. We're coming up on it. Yeah, a few it's days. Monday. It's Monday. All right. Monday. Let's get into it. Here we go. And the seeding, I will do them in order. We have the one seed, Kyle Schwarber, going up against Albert Pujols, who will be coming in as the eighth seed. And then uh, right underneath them, the three and four, we'll have Jose Ramirez and Juan Soto. Four, five. Four, five. Yeah, my bad. Uh, the three six, we'll have Corey Seager and Julio Rodriguez of the Seattle Mariners. And the two seven, we'll have the reigning back to back defending champion, Pete Alonso, the New York Mets, going up against Ronald Acuna Jr. Mackie. All right. So, what do you, how do you want to go about this? Who do you think I like? Because I didn't look at the, I didn't know the seedings before I liked said player. I don't know. See, here's the thing. I like Soto and Ramirez, but they're playing each other. Yeah, you got to pick a guy on each side of the bracket. All right, give me a second. I haven't really looked at this. I'll tell you. I'll start. So, the player that I liked going into this uh, guy I've had on my fantasy team all year is Kyle Schwarber. When as soon as I got the announcement that he was into this or he was going to be playing in this. I was kind of all over him. Obviously, Alonzo on the other side of the bracket, two guys that I'm looking at being the one, two, not necessarily happy that, um, kind of like I said a couple minutes ago, kind of seeing the the names that I liked before seeing the rankings or the betting odds, obviously still not seeing the betting odds, but Schwarber being the one, Pete Alonzo being the two on different sides of the bracket. I think I'm going to be going with Schwarber on the left side of the bracket that's come out of the one, eight, four, five, but... On the other side of the bracket, just to make a, a value pick, I think, Mackie, can your boy go down in the first round for me? Can I take my boy Ronald Acuna Jr., the seventh seed? I think he could get some juicy odds. Here's what I'm going to say. It's not a bad play. 
you could get some juicy odds on Acuna in this this, this year's Derby. Here's the thing about it. Alonso just signed a fat deal. Before this, he was on his his entry level contract. So he when he was making money off this home derby that he actually needed. So he was trying a hundred and ten percent in the in the two previous home run derbies because he needed the money. Now he just find, signed a fat deal. So who's who's to say he doesn't he doesn't try as hard? Yeah. He's, he's like, also a weirdo, so he's a he's the type of person to be like, yeah, I want to win three back to back home run derbies. So I don't know. I, I, I can't see him not trying because he's a, he's a weird dude, man. Yeah, I know what you mean. But as far as Schwarber, what do you think about that pick? Uh, I was kind of pissed yeah, to see him like, as the favorite. I like the pick. It's, is, is it his first home run derby? It is. I think he beats Pujols. I like Schwarber against Pujols. And then Pujols I like Soto should be against in it. He has six home runs. He's only in it because it's his last year. Yeah, and it's at Dodger Stadium. That's cool. Because obviously he was a Dodger for what two years? Yeah, something like that. But I got Schwarber against Pujols, and then I got Soto against Ramirez. And then I got I'm gonna go Alonzo just because he's a nutcase and that guy can send anything out of the yard. Uh, I go Alonzo, and then I'm gonna go Rodriguez. I think Seagull's gonna hit the least amount of home runs out of everyone. I was just gonna say, who do you think hits the least? I was gonna say Albert Pujols. No, nah, I think Seager does. And then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Soto. And then Soto. Soto Alonso. was a bust last year. Yeah, he was a huge bust last year. But I think the, I think he comes back and lights it up this year. And I think Alonso wins it again. To be honest. So I'll go through the bracket. Obviously, I like Schwarber over Albert Pujols. I'm gonna agree with. I'm gonna agree with you. I'll go Jose Ramirez over Juan Soto. Even though I think Soto has a nice outing, like you said, I think he still loses in the first round. The other side of the bracket, I'm going to disagree with you just for the sake of conversation. I'm going to go with Acuna to get it done. I didn't know all that stuff about the contract stuff, so I like it even more. Just I'm going to talk it into existence, Uh, Acuna. And uh, on the bottom, I'm going to agree with you. I like Julio Rodriguez. He's been having a hell of a year, a rookie year for uh, the Seattle Mariners. And I was a little interested. I was a little intrigued to see Corey Seager in this too. I was trying to think of the eight guys that I could imagine being in this. Who gave him the three seed? That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> Who seeds these? So, like, obviously, the guy we want the guy we want to see in this is Judge. Not in it. A lot of guys. Yeah, like, I heard Judge and Stanton were both going to do it, and then neither of them did it. Yeah. Remember when Stanton did it with the Marlins? It was fucking nuts. And he sent one, like, off the roof or something? Yeah. It's like LeBron saying he was going to do the dunk contest all those years and never doing it. It's like, why are you going to tease us with greatness and never fucking do it? Yeah. LeBron should do it. There's certain all-star, there's certain all-star like things, contests, I guess you would say, and the dunk contest has gotten so watered down over the past fucking five, ten years. It's just a bunch of... of It's a bunch of losers holding up a nine or a ten. Yeah, it literally is a bunch of losers. Not losers, they're in the NBA, but they're not like yeah. they don't play, they don't get minutes. Yeah, it's not the guys we want to see. It's fucking Derek Jones. <laughs> like, I don't want to see Derek Anthony Jones. Simons, Anthony Simons. Anthony Simons and Der- Aaron Gordon. I don't want to see any of those players. I'm good. I'm good on any of those players in the dunk competition. Give me Giannis, give me Joel Embiid, give me LeBron, and John Morant. Zion Williams. would be sick. 
Like Zion could win the dunk competition for the next 10 years, but he's not going to do it. Yeah. Same with John Morant. Him and Zion and Jaw could go back and forth to the dunk competition for the next 10 years, but they won't do it. And like that's why I lo- that's why I love the home run derby is because guys will do it. Obviously, Judge and these guys won't do it. I guess it's kind of the same thing. Like we want to see Judge and Sin and we get Kyle Schwarber and Pete Alonzo. Not saying Alonzo's a scrub, but like when you want Aaron Judge and you get Pete Alonzo or Mike Trout, that's a little bit of a downgrade. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. And like like you said, who the fuck gave Corey Seager the three seed? To me, Acuna. Put him at the three. Let him go up against Julio Rodriguez, and let Seager go up against Alonzo. Then yeah, I would say, him, then I would well, say Alonzo. I would say Alonzo versus Acuna, Schwarber versus uh, dude. I'm starting to think Soto. I don't know why you're talking to me <laughs> Soto. I did hear something about Soto. I heard he's going to hit the longest shot. That is a bet. I like that one, Mackie. You, you, who do you think it's a long bomb? The long one? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Soto here. Yeah. I want to show the amount of power that bomb. guy has. Another guy that could be in this that should be in it over like a Julio Rodriguez or an Albert Pujols is uh, Reese Hoskins from the Phillies. I like him. He's really good. I like him a lot too. He's on my team. I like that Phillies team though. They have a nice I, like, team. I do yeah, like I that ca- Phillies team. I think Castellanos is huge. Castellanos, a drive from left field. Here's a drive from left field by Castellanos. <laughs> Especially being on a microphone and hearing that name, it's like I feel like I have to say it. That's unreal. But yeah, that Phillies team is nuts. Like, I don't think they're going to make any noise in the playoffs. I don't know about you, but I haven't looked at the NLE standings. How are they doing compared to the Mets? They're like eight games back, I think. They're, they, I think they have that last playoff spot right now. They're in play only because your card. pitching staff is the most injury prone pitching staff in the MLB. Wait, what did you say in the beginning of the sentence? I said they're only in play at eight games back because the Mets have the most injury-prone pitching staff in the MLB. Yeah, I think we just need to fire our... Um... Your trainer. You said that last week, your uh, team yeah. doctor. Yeah. No, not even our team doctor, our our pitching coach or whatever. Yeah, he's just throwing guys' arms out in practice. <laughs> he, he is. But... So you're going with Alonzo? It'll be interesting to see these odds. Are these odds out? They have to be out. I'm pulling up Fandle. There's no, I didn't know it was this Monday. There's no way these odds aren't out yet. MLB. Here we go. Derby. All right. Here are the How betting. do you find this shit? Here are the betting odds for the 2022 T-Mobile Home Run Derby. The odds go as follows. Mackie, if you would be riding with Pete Alonzo, you would be riding with the favorite as the back-to-back defending champion at (laughs) plus 200 odds. Kyle Schwarber not far behind him at plus 250, and this is where the drop-off happens. It goes to Juan Soto at number three at plus 500. Ronald Acuna at plus 600. Julio Rodriguez plus 1,000. Jose Ramirez plus 1,200. Corey Seager, 1,200. And Pujols, 2,000. 2,000. They're just saying 
This guy's not going to win. This guy's here to hit four and wave goodbye. Dude. Jose Ramirez, if he can get out of the first round, he has a chance at plus 1,200. But I like Soto. That's a good value play, to be honest. Ramirez at 12 to 1 is the value play, I think. Because to see Acuna at 6 to 1, but he's the 7 seed, they're kind of seeing what I was saying. I was like, he's the 7 seed? There's no way he's the 7 seed. You know what I mean? I don't think the seeds really mean anything, to be honest. They, they don't, but you know what I mean? I saw that number, and I was like, fuck that. Like, I mean, if he can beat Alonzo, I think he wins. He gets to the final. Him or Alonzo get to the final, put it that way. I don't think Julio Rodriguez or Corey Seager beat either one of them. So you're yeah, betting I... Pete Alonzo or Ronald Acuna out of that side, and then the other side, they think Juan Soto or Schwarber. So if you, me and you both said Jose Ramirez, I did say you were talking me into a little bit of Soto, but Jose Ramirez, if he gets out of the first round, he can get a lucky round against Schwarber. You can get him in the final round at plus twelve or twelve. Yeah, I think one. on the left, I think on the left side, I think uh, all any three out of four of them can definitely win it. Yeah, anyone will pull us. Yeah, Soto five to one. I'm all over the place on these odds. I wish I didn't look at these. Schwarber 250 though, like that's my I, that was my guy. I feel like I have to go with him. He's not the favorite. Not that that means anything, but like I did know Alonzo was going to be the favorite back to back. Yeah, he should be. I mean, yeah, agree. What he's done he in, in, in past in past uh, home run derbies. He, he didn't just win it by luck. Lose, he so. killed. He, yeah, he kicked that. He absolutely t- he, he demolished it. Yeah, my two value, uh, not I guess value picks, but they're all plus money. Schwar- I'll go Schwarber and Acuna. I like that Acuna six to one. I hate that. Like, I wish it was. I wish he was going up against Rodriguez or Corey Seager, but six to one. I know you'll disagree, yeah. but yeah, just to make a play, we'll get into Not these. We'll play. see how I feel. We'll see how I feel on Monday. Because yeah. there's a, a lot of the times yeah, I usually I usually pick a winner from each side, and then I do like the how many home runs, like the totals, like how many home runs is Schwarber gonna hit, how many home runs is Pujols gonna hit, like like I don't know about you guys, I'm gonna be eyeing like Pujols is under and Seager's under if they're set at a good number, we might want to be looking at those unders. Yeah, I don't know. I figure flipping a coin when it comes down to that because, like, it's home run derby. Like, but he gets like, three bad really pitches. Know. He gets three bad pitches in a row. You're going to hit the under. But he also, he gets in a groove. You're fucked. Yeah, you know it's, what I mean? It's, it's just fun. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the all-star game. It's just fun to bet on, yeah. Yeah. But, right. yeah. But, Obviously, uh, stay t- stay tuned to the social media for what's coming, what's going to be coming with the the twenty twenty two All Star Game and Home Run Derby from us. Going to be releasing a lot of picks and a lot of content coming around that. So stay tuned to the Instagram stories and stuff like that on Twitter. That's going to do it for the MLB. Let's get into some of these NHL. Obviously, the NHL free agency uh, starting in the past few days. A lot of trades to get into. Tons of signings uh, and a, and a retirement coming out of Edmonton. But uh, Jesse, why don't you take us away here with some of these uh, free agent signings? 
tons of free agent signings. We're just going to rip through them, stop when we need to, and talk about them as we see. First up, the Minnesota Wild are bringing back veteran goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury on a two-year deal worth $3.5 million a year. I think this is a great signing for the Wild. Um, There's a little speculation about where Fleury might end up if he's going to sign a one-year somewhere or something like that. But this may be his finishing point, possibly these two years. Who knows? I think this could be a final stop for for the flower, uh, a final sprout, if you could say, in in Minnesota. Um, but, yeah, uh, kind of back to what we would say uh, a couple years ago when – or I guess what I said a couple episodes ago when he went to Vegas, that was kind of a shock when he got traded to the Blackhawks because he seemed like a kind of guy that, okay, he didn't want to leave Pittsburgh and Vegas took him and they understood that he didn't want to leave uh, the Penguins organization or Pittsburgh in general obviously with a, the family situation with the young children and all that stuff, being a professional athlete. But he seemed like a guy that didn't want to leave Pittsburgh going to Vegas. They trade him to Chicago. He signs with Minnesota. And honestly, as soon as I heard the news of him re-signing with the Wild in the past week, uh, I thought back to as soon as me and you, or as soon as we were all talking about it, and I literally thought to my take of him going to Montreal. And I was like, you sound like a fucking idiot. Um, let alone, he's not going to leave the city he was in, let alone leave the country. So, um <laughs> Him to re-sign in Minnesota, kind of, I feel like, was very in front of my face, and I just didn't see it. But, yeah, obviously him going back with the Wild, um, kind of to get into some of what's coming out of Minnesota. Obviously, we talked last week about the Kaprizov situation. I think he's going to be there. I think you can expect big things out of this Wild team next year. But you look at the goaltending situation, they bring back Flurry on a two-year deal for $3.5 million. Cam Talbot was an all-star next last year for this Wild team. What do, I mean, do you think yeah, they go they just, with two or like I I was kind of confused with that's why I thought Flurry was on his way out. Cam Talbot was an wait, all-star last year. Cam Talbot just just got signed to Ottawa. Okay, that's when I was the, okay. I didn't know I didn't know they were both free agents, so they're going with Flurry. Yeah, they they literally said because that was like the question. They were like, "What are they going to do with these goalies?" And I'm pretty sure he literally said, "I'm I'm getting rid of Talbot. Like I'm Flurry's okay. my guy." I missed the entire. I did not know Talbot was a free agent or in Ottawa. He's an Ottawa Senator. That's another sign. Mackie, why don't you I, announce that could, one? What's um, what's? Let me backtrack on that because my friend told me that. And is up. that leaked or that's official? You're checking. Yeah, Talbot is in. Cam Talbot has his number thirty-three. Yep. He's so yeah. He is signed in Ottawa. Let me let me see if I can find the details on it. Ottawa, dude. We wanted to get into him. Let's start right That's here. That's what I they mean, needed. There's a couple more signings. I actually don't want to get into them right now. There's a couple more signings that we have on this list for Ottawa, but definitely a team that we're going to want to okay. dig into. He was traded. He was traded for Gustafson. Okay. So they did want to get rid of him. They traded him. Yeah, because Murray went to the Leafs. Okay, so it was a three-way. No, Murray went to the Leafs separately. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. And another one, Matt Murray, to the Leafs. Yeah, uh, Matt Murray signed with the Leafs. What else we got? Wasn't that technically a trade? We'll get into – I think we have a couple of these, actually, now that I'm looking down. 
we did not have the yeah we did have Matt Murray so before we keep yeah, rambling off Jesse you want to take over with this uh, Philip Forsberg news yes next we got Philip Forsberg has secured his spot in Nashville signing an eight year eight and a half million dollar a year deal good stuff out of Nashville for him I think a pretty good signing for Nashville just to keep him around and a solid player for another eight years yeah, I think it's a fran- that's a franchise player for them. Obviously, them building around a guy like Forsberg, trying to get a guy back to the their franchise player in net Husey Soros and a guy like um, a Vesna runner up in Roman Yossi. Obviously, we saw the 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 voting and the the Vesna or Vesna the the Norris voting uh, could have been the Norris winner, but obviously we saw how the voting went. Obviously, goes to McCarr. The runner-up, obviously, they have a really nice team in Nashville. Like I said last episode or two weeks ago, the the matchup against or with them against the Stanley Cup champions in the first round, tough matchup for a team without their goalie. So, uh, them to them to ink Forsberg for eight more years is definitely huge for the front office. A big win uh, for the Nashville Predators, if you ask me. Yeah, he just belongs in Nashville. He's one of those guys that just franchise player. Keep him around. Probably a good locker room guy, I assume. You know, he's a good guy on the ice. So, you know, this team they got they got some good assets going for them. They're always they're always going to be a playoff team. They had that playoff. Or they had that uh, Stanley Cup run that they had a few years ago where they lost. I forget to who. You Us. can tell me. Who was it? The Penguins. Okay, so they lost to the Penguins. They had a nice run though. I think that was their peak. I don't think they're going to get back there, but this is a team that's going to stick around for a few years and. At least make make the playoffs for a few more years. Jesse, you were at Nashville for that game. Yes, I was. Yeah, that was a wild wild time, actually. What? A couple more signings? Yeah, obviously Philip Forsberg in Nashville. A couple more to get into. Uh, Adrian Kempe and King of Four-Year deal with the Kings. Uh, Mackie, I know you said this wasn't the kind of something that you wanted to get into, but I did have something I wanted to say. I feel like he is a, a big part of this up-and-coming Kings team. We've been kind of chatting and texting about uh, all these up-and-coming NHL teams, Ottawa, Detroit, uh, L.A. making the playoffs last year a little bit before their time, Nashville, a team that we just talked about. But I think a guy like Kempe had a huge a huge contribution to what the Kings were able to do last year. Um, I can't name their lineup top to bottom. Guys like Kempe and Arvidsson and Kopitar, and then obviously Annette, uh, Johnny Quick. But... I think this is a big signing for the Kings. Four more years, not necessarily a huge deal. Obviously, uh, we don't have any money written down here, so I don't know the exact dollar amount for Kempe. But I think four years for him. He was a obviously we were talking about going into the NHL playoffs. How the we all thought the Oilers. I think we all picked the Oilers in five or uh, some. Of, I one of us might even pick the sweep. I'm not quoting out, but I think most of us picked Oilers in five. We thought it was going to be a pretty easy series. The Oilers did end up winning, but in six. Kings putting up a fight in that series. I thought it was a good series. So, Kings were up in that series twice, yeah, they, I think. Wasn't it yes. one nothing and then 2-1? Yes. And then the Oilers won three straight. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean they had they had control, don't get me wrong. They they were there. They had what they they were doing what they needed to, but I mean, McDavid and Drysdale just weren't going to let that yeah, happen the, this Ed, year. Edmonton came out as the better team and uh that's why they got to where they got swept but not the not the finish they were looking for but yeah i think uh, kind of what i was saying back to kempe uh, a good signing for for la building a team out in the western conference right now yeah they definitely stepped up big time 
But a couple more, Jesse. Yeah, a couple more to rip through here. Alexander Gorgiev signed a three-year deal with the Avs. Going to add uh, Stanley Cup champions, obviously. Uh, we'll get into losing their goaltender, but adding uh, the backup of the New York Rangers, but not necessarily a huge move around. But it'll be interesting to see what Colorado does. Uh, obviously, after a team wins the championship, the uh, the, the kind of like offloading of players kind of because you just won, and then they kind of bring in a bunch of teams to try to kind of rebound things. But it seems like Colorado is going to send it with that Francois dude. Yeah, I don't, I, I, dude, I'm telling you, Gorgiev's better than people think. He's sitting behind probably the best goalie in the league this year, so he didn't really get a lot of recognition. And when he did get in, you're standing on the balls of your feet the entire time because you can't mess up. But you're, you don't get many, you don't get many uh, chances for this. But he's a really good goalie. He's, he's not a backup. He should be a starter and not me. He's definitely not the answer for the Avs. Don't get me wrong. Like, he, he shouldn't be their franchise goalie, but he's definitely good enough to be a starter on a team that is maybe up and coming or just is it, I, I just don't think this is a spot for him I know what you mean and you would know honestly more than that because I feel like honestly every time at least not every time he's like Talbot he he, Talbot played behind Lundqvist and Lundqvist got hurt and Talbot showed him what he could do and Talbot's been a starter ever since and, and, he's, and he's learned to be a starter on teams that are winning too so you know, he had a start in Edmonton when Edmonton was awful. Not not in the playoffs, but now, you know, he's like he he's a big part of that Minnesota team last year and hopefully he I've can do something about Ottawa this year too. I've heard a couple of situations about people saying Cam Talbot obviously before the Ottawa, I didn't know about this, but there's a couple of people saying should he go back to Edmonton? Yeah, I don't know. Edmonton's gotta do something with their goalie situation. They've never had a secure goalie. Yeah, and obviously just getting swept in the Western Conference Finals by the, I mean, Stanley Cup champions. You can say whatever you want. Yeah, it's it's not that bad. We lost to the Cup champs, like, but you didn't win. Like, you didn't even get to the Cup. You didn't. You're win in the, the Western Cup. Conference Finals. That be like be respectable at least. Yeah, you just get got a swept. win. Like, you're, I understand the Avs are this crazy powerhouse, but you guys got there too. You're one of the two best teams in the Western Conference Finals. You should win a game in a yeah, four-game series. You got to defend your barn. You like, cool, you guys got you, there. McDavid, you got there. Like, good, I'm happy for you, but you, you didn't win anything. I agree. Yeah, but like you said with Gorgiev, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Avalanche. And like I said, I, I've i heard a couple of people say it seems like uh, the Gorgiev-Francois matchup, like uh, the, the sample size that we have gotten with Francois has been small. Obviously, the year that Kemper had last year, I don't think Kemper's necessarily an elite goalie. Obviously, being on an elite team makes you look better, and obviously getting the deal that he got, we'll get into that in a little bit with the Capitals, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with Gorgiev and Francois. Yeah, definitely. They, they, they have a good enough team that they can play two goalies. Yeah, they, can, they can test off, their waters. Yeah. They can test their waters. They lost a couple. We'll get into that as well. Yes, and the first stop on our Red Wings tour, Villa Huso signed a three-year deal with the Red Wings. Good pickup there. I was gonna say I do like this one. Uh, obviously, me being uh, my secondary NHL team, always been Detroit Red Wings. I've always rooted for them, but uh, 
kind of the rebuild the past couple of years has been tough to watch. We've kind of been watching them grow slowly. Got a guys like Moritz Sider, Lucas Raymond. Uh, you look up and down the lineup, but got getting guys like Nedeljkovic last year on a two-year deal. So uh, getting Nedeljkovic this year uh, in a contract year, I guess you would say, um, going to be a free agent next year. But you get a guy like Huso off of the Blues on a three-year deal off of a very I, – I thought Huso had a fucking hell of a year last year. I don't know. I mean, the stats speak for themselves. I mean, he might not have done his job in the playoffs, obviously losing in six games to the Blues, the injury to Biddington, the tough situation getting put into that series, losing that game six or game five and six, getting put into game five in a losing effort. Obviously, they were already losing. But I think Huso's a hell of a goalie. And to go to a team like Detroit, we keep talking about these teams that are up and coming, up and coming. Teams like Detroit, like I said, Cider, the Calder Trophy winner, um, Lucas Raymond, all I mean, they're a hell of a lineup. D- Dylan Larkin, like I can name a hell. I mean, I can name the whole lineup. It's like I just feel like Detroit and a lot of these young teams. It's going to be very exciting to see what they do, and to get a goalie like Huso that you can just throw in net. And I guess he's not necessarily a franchise goalie, but I guess I have more faith in him than a guy like Gorgiev, just because uh, I guess he's had more of a sample size with with Ben. He's proved more, to be honest. At the end of the day, he's proved more than Gorgiev has. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like a three-year yeah. deal for him to go to Detroit means more than Gorgiev going to a team, to a powerhouse like the Avalanche. Yeah, definitely. I think I like what the Red Wings are doing up there in uh, in Detroit. So it, that team should be good. Maybe not this year. Maybe they'll still be uh, outside, hanging out outside a little. But uh, next two, three years, they're they're going to be in the talks in the conversation. You ever see? You ever listen? If you ever listen to Chicklets, it's funny. Uh, Bissonette always calls Stevie Stevie Oserman Stevie Bong Stevie Rips. Y. He calls him Stevie uh-huh. Bong Rips because he always says there was an interview where like someone asked him something and he was like, "Yeah, I forget what he said." It was the funniest interview. You'd have to look up just Steve Oserman like weed interview. It was like basically like people assuming he smokes. It's funny though, but uh, Bissonette always calls him always refers to him as Stevie Bong Rips. So he's always like. Anytime the Red Wings do something, he's like, yes, you know, Stevie Bongrip's just sitting up in the front office, signing guys, stealing dudes off the free agent market, like three steps ahead of every other GM in the NHL. It's like, it honestly seems like when the Red Wings do things or like certain franchises in sports, and the Red Wings are one of those teams, obviously having a couple down years the past couple years, but they're definitely a respected team in the NHL. And when guys like Stevie Eiserman are in the front office running things, uh, you just kind of trust the process, I guess you'd say, as a to use a a seventy sixer term. Seventy <laughs> sixer term. Lots of good stuff for the Pens coming up. The Pittsburgh Penguins re-signed forward Ricard Raquel to a six-year deal worth five million dollars annually. And some of the bigger news forward of Genny Malkin, four-year contract, $6.1 million a year. They've also re-signed Letang, DeSmith, and as I just said, Raquel. Lots of good stuff for the Penguins. Real excited with those re-signings. What do you guys got? Um, I'll start us off here. Um, Malkin, I'm going to jump right into Malkin, obviously. The boy I'm re-signed. just going to say I'm very disappointed Malkin re-signed with... <laughs> The Penguins. I I had very high. I I didn't want to say it out loud because I didn't want to jinx it, but I was very hopeful that he was going to be a Ranger, and I really thought he was going to be. To be honest, there was I, a I time was I was, good, I was scared. Hands. I was worried. I was worried. But 
I mean, yeah, he belongs to be in, in Pittsburgh, so. Yeah, and, like, I said it a million times. I just can't imagine this guy in another uniform. But, like, there was so many times, and, like, Jesse, you know, there's so many times throughout his career the Penguins have been like, do we trade Malkin? Do we trade Malkin? Do we move on from Malkin? Like, and at every point that the Penguins have considered moving on from him, it always seems it comes back to Sid, Malkin, Latang, the core. We've won three cups. Like, obviously, they still love to have Flurry, and like we got into Flurry with his situation with the Wild. Uh, obviously, we have Jari, kind of our definitely our franchise goalie. Um, you just look at a guy like Malkin and the offer sheet that was on the table. I think it's tough for a guy to walk away from what he has. Uh, or what he has meant, especially for this franchise, for the entirety of his career, um, being uh, he accepted the second hand uh, to Sid. He loves, you know what I mean, Sid handling all the press and all that stuff. So I'm not saying that's why he re-signed. That was more a part of his younger career. But to come back and understand the role of let's just keep doing what we're doing. We're not too far off. They understand I have keep driving this point home, and I feel like I'm making excuses, but – you were up 3-1 with a fucking third-string goalie in net. Like, I know this was against the Rangers, and, like, you guys won the series. You guys got to the conference finals. You were a legit fucking contender last year. I think you could have won the cup, obviously, with the Lightning losing. Um, I think maybe you would have put up a big better fight against the Avalanche just because I think Shesterkin would have been, like you said, that pissed-off goalie in the, puck, in the cup that you would have not wanted to play on his home ice. I think the Rangers would have defended their home ice, but – Back to the Penguins, I think re-signing the core, a guy like Raquel that you didn't even have in the first round, you had in game one, taking that high hit, not, you know what I mean, to lead into anything, just taking a hit to the head, uh, I guess the blow going to his head for a better term, but missing the, the blunt of the series, playing parts of game one, missing, like I said, the whole series, and the Penguin just being kind of banged up and getting to seven games. You have to look at, if you're the front office, I know the things have happened with Mario selling the team to the the that Boston, what's it called, Jesse? The Boston Sports Group? Yeah, the Fenway Sports Management yeah, Group. Yeah, Fenway Sport, whatever. We got sold to anything. It's like, I know a lot of times in sports when new management takes over, they like to move on from franchise players, especially in a contract year like this with Malkin. It was definitely a lot more realistic this time around compared to other times when the Penguins were thinking about moving on from Malkin. But um, at least coming from a – I mean, obviously coming from a Penguin fan, me being a Penguin fan, I think this was huge for the Penguins to kind of re-sign the core. And obviously, like, I've driven home the point with the playoffs the past couple years. I don't think we're far off from the fourth cup with this core. little biasy coming from there, but – I think you get some consistency with Jari. I don't think the Penguins are an easy team to play on home ice. Obviously, but more bias coming there. But there's a lot of teams in the NHL that you don't want to play on home ice in the playoffs. But guys like Crosby and Malkin, just two dudes that have been there and done it before, I'd love to have those guys in my lineup. And kind of leading into what I said with the core, uh, one that we don't have or we didn't talk about, Latang inking the six-year deal with the Penguins. Just they really kind of – the surprise, like I said, with the new ownership moving into not only moving on from franchise players in contract years, but bringing back two of the guys in their mid to older 30s on six and four year deals combined, getting 10 years and some pretty big money. 
Uh, it shows the faith that they have in these three guys to get the job done. And it seems to me like the front office is thinking kind of like I am, and this team isn't too far off getting guys like Raquel. Uh, if you can get him in the lineup in a playoff series, I think he scores a couple goals. I uh, know, you're, again, you're playing a guy like Shesurkin, and you saw Mackey uh, a couple games he gets pulled, and you see a guy like Gorgiev in that, and a couple of those games got out of hand that the Penguins won. Obviously, the Rangers winning in seven, but um, I'm really excited that the Penguins got Malkin back. I know you were, like you said, there was points I was really scared that we were going to lose him, and the main point was because of the new ownership, but getting the guy back is huge for the Penguins. Yeah, it is big for you guys. You guys, that that uh, core is staying together. So you you didn't think you were gonna see that. Yeah, Jesse. I don't know if you have anything to say on this. Obviously, I rambled for like six minutes on that, but I am very excited. The Pens kept Malkin. I'm happy that everyone's you know taking some friendlier deals, in a sense. Um, the Pens have also signed a lot of good other. You know, third and fourth liners for right around a million dollars pop. Uh, I can't think of any names off the top of my head, but but getting guys like the you know what I mean. You secure your backup goalie, a guy like the Smith again that missed the first the first right. series last year, and you're forced to put a guy like Deming in. I hate to keep sounding like I'm making excuses, and like I really honestly am, but like that's a, that's what sports <laughs> fans do. That's what sports fans do. That's what we do. Yeah. You're exactly right. It shoulda, woulda, coulda. It's always shoulda, woulda, coulda unless you win the cup or the championship in whatever sport you're talking about. And, like, I hate for that because that we were hyping up that we wanted the Penguins Rangers so hard. And, like, and obviously Sid missing game six. Like, dude, there was so many fucking injuries in that series. But, like, the better team won. You guys got to the you guys got to the conference finals. You put up a fight against the Lightning. But, yeah, I'm know. not sure if we should have won, but at the end of the day, I think the better team did win. The better team won. We we stole game one in triple overtime. Well, you guys honestly should have won that game anyway. We played like shit that entire game. You guys dominated the entire play, or uh, overtime. Yeah, all three overtimes. We yeah, it looked like the Penguins. Uh, but I feel won. like once it, when it was three one, like the second we won game two, like it was like everyone like kind of like felt like we were going to win that series like i yeah i honestly had no doubt when it when it was 3-1 i was like we're, we're fucked i honestly thought we were going to lose in five we had zero momentum shesterkin was so shaky i had zero confidence in him but when you win game two like that or when you win game five like that and then you, Dude, know, you got all the confidence the, when i was at that, when i was at the game for game six and that goal went over deming's head i said that's the series that series that's Same. the series yeah I was sitting there. I would literally look at my dad. I was like, "That's a series. That's it. That's we're gonna lose." You guys also had a. You guys in game seven. You guys had a lead going into the third period. Rodriguez scored the biggest goal of his career. And it's, yeah. All right, let's All move for on. Nothing. Let's move on. <laughs> All righty, moving forward, the Av sign. I don't know how to say his first name. Valerie Nichushkin. Valerie Nichushkin to eight years, forty-nine million. So six point one ish million a year. Good signing there by the Avs. Do we want to? Yeah, comment? that's a that's a good guy that came over for, uh, in the last year from the the Dallas Stars. Had a huge contribution for Colorado in that playoff run. A hell of a player. Uh, got them unloading other players that we'll get into, but re-signing guys like Nachushkin is going to be huge for the Avs to stay relevant. Um, I hate to say stay relevant, but I guess you'd say to stay contenders. Yeah, I agree. All around good signing. 
And jumping into the Senators, Claude Giroux to the Ottawa Senators. The 34-year-old veteran signs a three-year deal with the Senators. Hell of a lot of shit coming out of Ottawa, as you said. News for me coming that uh, Cam Talbot is now a Senator. Just Ottawa's been all over the place. And the, the one that we don't have is on here that I wanted to talk about with Ottawa whenever we got to Ottawa. Obviously, Giroux landing there, coming there after trying to basically chase a cup with the Panthers. Uh, he got traded there, so you can't blame him on that too hard. But I think he did have a no-trade clause, so he waived it. But we'll get – you know what I mean? Can't blame him on that. But he's a senator now. And then you look at guys like Debrinkak getting traded to the senators and just kind of looking at what this team in Ottawa is building around this young core like Stutzel and um, – I can't think of the other guy's name. Kachuk. Kachuk, yeah. The other Kachuk. I couldn't think of his yeah, name. Kachuk. You also got um, Josh Norris. Who's this the defenseman team is, there that's pretty nice? This team is young and really good, and they're going to be really good. They're going to be definitely a playoff team in the next two years. Yeah, you look at team. I mean, we keep talking about Detroit. That's like I kept saying, all these young and up-and-coming teams, two teams in the East that I'm looking out for hard is Ottawa and Detroit. Alrighty, back to some Penguins. They signed former Tampa Bay Lightning defenseman John Ruda. To a three-year contract worth two point seven five million a year. Another one, veteran David Perron to the Red Wings, two-year nine and a half million dollars a year. Just another asset for these Red Wings making moves. Uh, this is a this is a good move for them, I think. Yeah, uh, looking at and obviously we keep bringing up the Red Wings. I kind of wish I would have clumped these together, but um, you get a vet on this young team. Yeah. Uh, you get guys like veterans. I, I was a huge fan of David Perron uh, when he came to Pittsburgh for a couple of years. Me too. I really liked him. He's a hell of a player. I didn't even he know he was ever in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he played a couple of years here. Two or three years, Jess? At least two or three, yeah. He didn't He didn't win a cup with us. Did he? No. He may have. No, 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 no. He didn't win a cup. I'm looking that up. We can continue. Alrighty, and moving to the Western Conference there. Far, far over in the Seattle. The Kraken add Andre Burakovsky with the five-year, $27.5 million deal there. It's a good signing for them, too. They definitely yeah, need, it. need They definitely need it. I'm surprised we're not hearing their name more. I feel like maybe we will here come later into I the think- free agency. I just think this is kind of what – this is what you expect out of a expansion team, kind of building uh, off of teams like uh, that are unloading, guys like uh, – teams like the Avalanche that necessarily can't afford to bring guys like Burakovsky back, um, especially on a five-year, $27.5 million contract. Um, but to fact-check my point about David Perron, he is a Stanley Cup champion, but with the 2019 uh, St. Louis Blues. Yeah, I knew he went with the Blues. I did, so I, when did I, he play I, for us? Um, had to be right before the cup run then. It was probably, yeah, that 14 year. I'm looking that up right now. Before we move on, I might as well just, we might as well not even move on from this. I'm just going to pull this stat up. It's literally right here. So yeah, it already has listed that he's a Red Wing. 
St. Louis, Pittsburgh from 2014, 2015, 2015, 2016. Yeah, we won the cup in 15-16. He was in Anaheim, and then 16-17, he was in St. Louis. Gotcha. All right. Before before a short stint with the Vegas Golden Knights, before, he's played three stints with the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, he's uh, he's always went back there. I've, I remember hearing that multiple times. Just like, oh, he's going back. Yeah, him and his tin advisor and his white skates. <sighs> Alrighty, the Stahl brothers unite. The Florida Panthers add defenseman Mark Stahl to a one-year, $750,000 contract, while his brother, Eric Stahl, is going to Florida on a professional tryout. That's a little interesting. I didn't honestly know either of these guys were still in the league. Yeah, this is this is news to me. Yeah, then. The, the Stahl brothers got to stick together, right? Yeah, to make, make themselves relevant. Alrighty, and some goalie signings. Thomas Grice will be backing up Jordan Bennington this year for the Blues. One year, $1.25 million. That's a laundry bag move. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yep. another, another goalie, Darcy Kemper, is signing a five-year, $26.25 million deal with the Caps. Kemper's backup will be Charlie Lindgren, who they also just signed. Three-year, $3.3 million deal. I don't need, I don't know if this is even good for the Caps. To be honest, they just had to get something in place. I think. I like it for the Caps because I'm a Penguin fan. True. I don't think Kemper's legit. I mean, he just won a cup, but like. I don't think not, I don't think he's legit. He's not going to carry this Washington team. Yeah, like. That team carried him to a championship. Exactly. That Colorado team. It's like how he, we were talking about to... a couple weeks ago whenever the we were talking about the Sharks in the Cup and you were like, who was the goalie? I was like, Martin Jones. Yeah. Like, he lost. Dar- but like, Darcy Kemper. <laughs> yeah. He was a Coyote the year before he was an Avalanche. Yeah. Um, right place, right time. <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> perfect wording. But, Mackie, your Rangers getting a big name here. Yeah, Mackey's Rangers secure Vincent Trocek after getting a good look at him through their series with the Carolina Hurricanes, signing him to a seven-year, near $40 million deal. I like I, Trocek a lot. I do. I do really like this play, but I I, I was expecting Malkin or Kane, and we get Trocek. Like, so, I, yeah, Trocek is very good. He's a very good asset for our team right now, but this isn't the move that I thought our, off, our front office was going to make. So, and I'm not I, like necessarily upset about it, but. So here's what I heard. Basically, if the Penguins would have moved on from Malkin, he was going to be a Ranger. If the Rangers were to sign Malkin, the Penguins were going to sign Vincent Trocek. Uh, what could have so, been. So those two teams were basically locks for those two players. See, I, th- I think this would be nice, but the Canes got really good too, so. The Canes just couldn't afford Trocek. They got t- way too good, and they – that's what's crazy is like we haven't even talked about the Canes yet and they got they subtracted Trocek and they got better. Well, this is a this is a good he's he's a center, correct? I think he's a winger. Are you sure? I honestly don't know. Don't quote me on I'm that. I'm pretty sure he was a center for Panarin. He's they brought him in to play with Panarin. That could be true. That could be true. Let me look Damn, it up. that could up. be scary. That could be a very fucking nice line. Him. Yeah. Who's the winger I'm forgetting about that scored all the goals against the Penguins? Tin advisor. For us? Yeah. 
Cop. Cop. Andrew Cop. Fuck him. Cop's gone. Where's he? Yeah, he's next. Went? Red Wings signing Andrew Cop. Five year, $28 million deal. All right, I'm an Andrew Cop fan. I like Andrew Cop. Cop. You are the newest Andrew Cop fan. Trocek is a center. But, uh, dude, I loved Cop. I loved him. I think he was the best ad, deadline ad that we could have possibly had. I think he's. That ad, I think, brought us to the Western, Eastern Conference Finals. I think that ad alone. He single handedly. I know Panarin scored in game seven OT, but, like, single handedly, I think Cop was, like, the penguin killer. Dude, he was. He, he was so good with that line, too. Like, why would you. Why would you not give him the money? I don't understand. We were so expected to give him the money, too. Do you think he can have that significant of a role on a team like Detroit, a young team like no, that? No, no. I don't think he's a, that type of player. I think he's the type of player who 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 should who will shine with a player like Panarin, not where he has to be Panarin. So, I, I don't know. Because he'll play with it, He's He's a good player. I mean, yeah, he'll, he'll do all right, but he's not going to. He's, he's gonna not going to shine like he, he's going to he'll play with Larkin. It's going to be a lot of depending on what that team does. Yeah, definitely. This next one obviously uh as the headline says, Jesse get right into it. The biggest name finds his home. Yes, the biggest name of the 2022 offseason thus far has found a new home. Forward Johnny Gaudreau has agreed to join the Columbus Blue Jackets. Seven-year deal worth $9.5 million a year. He reportedly left a lot of money on the table in Calgary. Apparently, the final offer in Calgary was eight-year, $10.5 million a year. But he chooses the Columbus Blue Jackets. I heard the Devils offered him like just around the same as Calgary. Yeah, I heard he left a lot of money on the table to go to Columbus, which is very but interesting. Why, why Columbus? He's from South Jersey. I thought his only options were Philly, Islanders, and Devils. And then, I heard Carolina snuck in there for a little bit. Dude, why Columbus? They're not even contenders. Like you, you go from Calgary. I understand you want to leave Calgary. I like I get it, but go to a, go to another contending team. Go to the Islanders. The Islanders have a nice young core. Go play with Barzil. What are you doing in in Columbus, where they they don't have anything going for them? I didn't even think about the Islanders. That's honestly that would have been a nice landing spot. That's where I thought he was going. It was a perfect spot for him. I heard. Did you hear what I said about how I heard Carolina snuck in there for a little bit? Yeah, but they they wouldn't be able to afford him right now. Yeah, obviously that was before all this big stuff going around with Carolina. But yeah, Gaudreau going to Columbus, interesting deal, taking a less year deal and less money uh, from like you said teams like the Devils. And I heard the Flyers release a statement. They weren't even in play for him. <laughs> like they. They released a statement for him. They said, like, we, we don't have the money. We're not paying him. It's like, who are you paying right now that you can't afford what Johnny What a Flyers Gaudreau? thing to do. Like, I honestly, though, like, if I'm a team like the Flyers, I'm not looking to give Johnny Gaudreau $9 million. That's not going to turn your team around. Like we talked I, about last week, it turns you into a 28, from a 28-win team to a 32-win team. 31. Yeah, but dude, the Flyers are literally so down in the dumps right now that I think you need to sign a player like that. Like you need the attraction. There, there is zero attraction looking at that team right now. Why would you want to go there? There's nothing there. They're one of the worst teams in the league right now. What's crazy is they have guys like like I think Farabee on the Flyers is a very nice player. Yeah, but he he's young and he he has no one to play with. 
Exactly. Couturier? Who are you going to play with Couturier? Yeah, he's been there for 45 years. Yeah, and he's not even all that anymore, so. Oh, he hooked it. Oh. But that's going to wrap up some of these NHL free agent signings. We're getting into some of these big-name trades. Yeah, let's jump into some trades. First off, Chicago receives Peter Mrazek in a 2022 first-round pick. Toronto receives a 2022 second-round pick in this trade. Keep rolling. Yeah, keep just keep rolling. rolling. You can roll with a lot of these. Yeah. Flyers get defenseman Tony D'Angelo in a 2022 seventh-round pick. Canes receive a 2024 second-round pick, 2023 third-round pick, 2022 fourth-round pick. Tony D'Angelo will join Torts in Philly. <laughs> what a we're Torts just, player. What a Torts player in a, in a city of scumbags. This is like the best possible trio of all time. The city of Philadelphia, John Tortorello, and Tony D'Angelo. You can't make th- you can't make this up. He's a flyer. He he should be a flyer. He should retire a flyer. Yeah, as we talked about, the Avs got Gorgiev. The Yotes received forward Zach Cassian, 2022 first-round pick, 2024 third-round pick, and a 2025 second-round pick. And Edmonton gets a 2022 first-round pick from the Coyotes. Toronto Maple Leafs acquire goaltender Matt Murray and two draft picks in exchange for future considerations from the Senators. So Matt Murray gets add, another life in the Leafs. How do you add and two draft picks for future considerations? I don't know. Yeah, I don't like, know how that works. What? what? Just send them for future considerations. Why do you got to add the draft picks for future considerations? Yeah, that makes no sense to me. I didn't really think about that until you just said that. <laughs> Just doesn't make any sense. They're like, yeah, here, take our goalie and our third and fifth round pick, and we'll call you in like eighteen months. Yeah, <laughs> let us know what you think it's worth in a, in a year. Yeah, it's like we'll we'll work with you. Like nobody can win in that situation. No, honestly, no. Like the only, it's kind of like passive income though. Like, all right, I'll give you my goalie and two draft picks now if you give me your second round pick in two years. But, like, why is it future considerations? Just give me your second-round pick right just now. Say the, just just yeah. say the damn pick. Right. Get in the gap. Get in the gap. Oh, you're such a fucking cocksucker. All right. Last one I got is Brent Burns is going to the Carolina Hurricanes. I don't have any details on that deal, but that's where he's ending up. He's cop Jason. Yeah, he is, but at least he's still playing. He's cop Jason. Yeah. I still think it's a pretty cool move. He doesn't have one, right? It's good for no. him. He went to the cup, yeah. like we said, with the, yeah. with the Sharks. Against, but against the Penguins, yeah. I think this is a cool move. I think he could actually honestly add to that Carolina team. A veteran defenseman coming in, obviously, can definitely handle some power play minutes for a team that um, kind of – they didn't necessarily – I mean, they didn't succeed on their power play in the playoffs. Obviously, going against a goalie like Shesterkin, but – Going seven games against a team like Boston, you got to think. No, they were actually, big. they were actually like really bad. They were like one for twenty six at one point. 
Yeah, you got to think a guy like Burns comes in there at least on the second unit and gives you some, you know, momentum on the power play. Yeah. So that's more of a the kind of aspect that I'm thinking of. But like you said, a veteran kind of, like you said, cup chasing, kind of leaving a team for who knows how many years he's been with San Jose. I believe that's the only team he's played for, correct? I'm yeah, pretty sure, so. yeah. He was drafted by that, I know. Yeah, so, yeah, that's definitely the only team that he's played for. He Can you guys still hear me? Player for them. Can you guys still yeah. hear me fine? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you my, fine. Uh, my one, head, my one AirPod, AirPod just died. I'm pretty sure my other one's about to go, too. Yeah, we're about to wrap up, so you're good. Yeah, we're almost done. Jesse just ripped this Duncan Keith news. But, yeah, uh, Brent Burns of the Canes. I think that's a good move. So, uh, a little uh, retirement news coming out of Edmonton, uh, Alberta. And then we're going to wrap things up. Jesse, take it away. Yeah, another veteran here taking retirement for a spin. Duncan Keith has opted to retire. One year left on his deal, valued at $5.5 million. Great career for him with two Norris trophies. Con Smythe, no complaints from me. Good good career for him. Congrats to him. Yeah, obviously a hell of a player. Obviously part of that dynasty that was uh, in the in Chicago for all those years from 2010 to 2015, three cups in five years defines a dynasty or three championships in any league in my year in five years defines a dynasty. But uh, that Blackhawks team was competitive every year. Definitely could have been, a, if not the favorite to win the cup every year, uh, taking home three, him getting two Norris's in the, in the span of his career, uh, walking away from 5 million left on the table with a year left with the Oilers. After getting swept in the Western Conference Finals, I th- I don't know if that's anything against the Oilers. I think it's more a uh, his situation. He went there with the hopes to to win it last year. Uh, the the kind of down the downfall of get like I said getting swept in the Conference Finals at his age. It's just kind of let's let's call it quits. Um, especially with the state that Edmonton's in right now, not necessarily that they're the favorite to win the Cup right now, or gonna be at any point next year unless they make a huge splash for a. Uh, you know what I mean, a big-name goalie or something that's going to really shake things up. But I think that's why you see a, a retirement in, in Duncan Keith. And like you said, a hell of a career. But um, that's kind of my two cents of what happened with Edmonton. I don't think it's necessarily anything really that's going to subtract from Edmonton's lineup as for as good of a player as he was. That's more kind of getting into back to his age. I just think that uh, Edmonton is looking to move on from this and they'll put this money elsewhere. Yeah, definitely a great career for him. Obviously, his legacy in Chicago will always be there, but, you know, good for him. He's getting up there in age. Might as well retire. You got your accolades. I mean, fucking three-time cup champ, two-time Norris is a defenseman. What more can you ask for? You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. He's done it all. So, But that's going to wrap it up for the NHL segment. It's also going to wrap it up for this episode. So you're definitely going to want to stay tuned to the Instagram at hitthebooks.pod. Also on Twitter, sometimes releasing the pics on Twitter a little bit before the Instagram. So definitely going to want to turn your post notifications on for all the social media platforms that we have. At hitthebooks.pod, at hitthebooks underscore pod. Follow us on everything. Make sure you're subscribed on all the forms of wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Episode 42 coming out. Um, excited to get to the boys excited to um, get back next week thanks for listening Uh, see you guys next week episode 43 coming soon couldn't have said it better myself see you guys next week episode 42 in the books for hit the books Huff said it best that's all we got thanks for all the support see you next week
And that's going to do it for us this week on Hit the Books Podcast. Thank you for all the support week in and week out. Please be sure to share and check out our various social media platforms and check out our website. All the info is located in our link tree in the description below. And always remember to hit the books. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.